I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. It's always a bit of a monkey, there's a bit of a fruit, there's a bit of a sulfur in a car. It does sound like some fucking crazy fever dream. So I'd probably listen to an animal's opinion on crystals before I would a human's. Mm. Typical Taurus. Not into space, into the space between spaces. Welcome to Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. My name is Rick Dove, and today I will be your host. But of course, I will be joined by none other than Mr. Bob Shoy. Say hello, Bob. Hello, Bob. And Mr. Beef himself. Say hello, Beef. Hello, Beef himself. And the fine Mr. Adam Tissington. Say hello, Tiss. Hello, Tiss. How are we doing, boys? We're good. I'm good. Yeah, good. Excellent. Rick, you nailed it first time with the intro. Oh, thanks. Smashed it, mate. That's the best one any of us have ever done, ever. In yeah, normally we, yeah. we take about three or four goes. So. It's easily the most professional intro we've ever had, ever. Well, I'll watch this back and I'll end up cringing because I hate the sound of my own voice. So. <laughs> same, same. You, you get used to it. But as always, th- thank you. Thank you for having me on. Really appreciate you guys inviting me on, especially to host. Like This is a real privilege. Well, were you thinking thank you when you were watching uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull in preparation for this? Well, initially when we first talked about it, I was super hyped. And when you told me you were doing the Indiana Jones series, it just took a moment for me to process that there were four movies and I was the full guy. (laughs) 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 But I I, I know that you've also been through the same pain, Bob, and you've uh, watched it recently as well. So I'll let you off. I watched it last night. Yeah. So something that really surprised me about this film, actually, on the rewatch, like because I hated it the first time, I, I hate it the second time too. But you loved it now. Taking it in again was the scattergun approach they've taken to the sheer number of topics that they address. There yeah. is a hell of a lot, a hell of a lot. I mean, mm. like beef. Tess, have you have you guys watched this? I've not watched this. You lucky bastard. Uh, I don't think I've even got a grasp of what it's about, apart from Crystal Skulls. Is it is it based is it based in Mexico? I don't think Lucas and Spielberg had a grasp of what it was about. To be honest, <laughs> oh god, Lucas was involved. Of course he was. It's his baby. Lucas and Spielberg have to be involved in all of them. Yeah, but like the old ones, fair enough. But then you know when they know, 
when he's a known quantity and to get him to re-sign him to the films that's just asking for trouble this is after the prequels yeah this is after yeah the thing is though like you, you guys are gonna have to come back and do one more because they've got the next indiana jones mm. coming out where he's undoubtedly gonna die i hope so yeah it even says like i looked on it today i looked on like imdb and it says the fifth and final installment in the indiana jones saga there you go and that's all it says about plot because i was like i wonder who's in it i wonder what it's about that's all it says. That's he's dying. He's dying. There's one thing we can be thankful for. Um, spoiler alert to the audience. But at the very end of Crystal Skull, we see a part where Shia LaBeouf reaches down and picks up Indy's hat and goes to <laughs> yes. put it on. And I, even on the rewatch, I was like, no, no, no. And then yeah. thankfully, Indy snatches it out of his hand. So it was teased that he was going to be the next in line. I mean, even at the time, it was like the audience don't want this. No. Wait, is Shia LaBeouf his son? Yes. Yes, yeah. unfortunately. Oh. Henry Jones the third. Yeah. Sorry, Mert. Mert Williams. It's awful. It's so awful. And when he first rolls in, he looks like a prototype of one of the village people. He doesn't look intimidating. He doesn't no. look he doesn't suit the character he's playing at all. Like he's supposed to be like a full on greaser, like he yeah. carries a blade it's the 50s, and all isn't this. It? And he's got he's got that attitude. Well, he's supposed to have that attitude, but it's Shia LaBeouf. But we we've gone off on a tangent. Beef, um what do you remember of Crystal Skull? Were you a fan of it when you saw it? Uh no, I hated it. Um <laughs> <laughs> But like So I think but actually I think and we were kind of saying this before that I remember the old ones through tinted glasses, I think. Especially mm-hmm. um Especially the one that I covered. I, um, sorry. Uh, yeah, I seem to remember enjoying them more when I was younger. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And maybe it's that thing of someone telling you, "Oh, these are a classic. You've got to, you've got to watch them." And so you all like automatically geared up for the fact that it's it's going to be great. But uh, no, I um, uh, absolutely hated it and um, hated it the second <laughs> time when I watched it again. Um, oh, you did it again as well. Yeah. You watched it a second oh, time, yeah. and you hated it the first. What is wrong with you? What well, because... is wrong with you? Because <laughs> I wanted to give it a, another go. I thought, well, maybe I was being unfair, or like, maybe, I don't know, sometimes it's, you need to watch it. And how, how long is this film? Too long. It's two hours and two minutes. You gave two hours and two minutes to something you hated the first time. It's not time. that long. Technically four hours and four minutes. Most films now are like at least two and a half hours. You're glutton for it, mate. No. I... I tell you what I think. I tell you what it was. I think um, same as Rick. I think the first time I didn't realise Sheila Booth was in it. Like I just hadn't really paid attention. I hadn't seen any trailers, um, and so when he popped up, I was like, "Oh, for f- really?" You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was, and then when you work out what he's indie son, I was like, "No, no." So I he I didn't felt have like, his reputation then, though. Sheer didn't have the reputation he has now. Then this was two thousand and eight, no. wasn't it? So this was like peak. Sheer LaBeouf, just no one really liking him. I think I only really knew him as... No, peak Sheer LaBeouf, no one really likes him is now. Well. <laughs> After all the allegations have come out about his, you know, abusing and stuff. <laughs> okay, so maybe it's pretty bad now too, but it started then. <laughs> it didn't ever get... It started pretty low and it just went lower. It was It was like, in even Stevens, he was a bit annoying. Yeah, that was all I really knew him from when I saw him. he was a kid. But I I saw him in Holes. Oh right, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. that was a great book. Um, and and I, film. I think I so the <laughs> other night. Um, it's funny you should say that, Rick. So the other night, uh, Rachel and I watched um, 
Rise of Skywalker. So we they've been on Channel Four the last three weeks, oh, and we've yeah. just been watching them. Just you know, they're on. It's Saturday night. Nothing else is on. Um, bearing in mind, I could just watch them in any time on Disney, but it doesn't matter. Um, and it's the same kind of thing as you know, you're kind of watching it, and you're like, hang on a minute. So there's we need to get this wayfinder. Oh, hang on, now there's a dagger. Oh, now we need to find the language. It's just like lots of. And it was the same with this. It feels like you just get used to something. You get into a rhythm, and then they they change direction. And interestingly, beef. When I watched it last night, I said to Becca, "This is really similar to Rise of Skywalker," and it had a very similar like fans hated it backlash as well. They're very similar, and like they throw too much at the wall, and none of it really mm-hmm. sticks, and nothing is got enough yeah. of a plot to it. Every it's just scatter shot, and it, it it's there's just too many little bits there i right okay controversially when i saw kingdom of the crystal skull at the cinema i liked it and i didn't understand what all the fuss was about i was like that was fun it was a fun action movie but i think at the time i hadn't seen like a fun adventure movie in so long i was a little bit like along for the ride and i've watched it lots of times because it like i said last time we had it on blu-ray in our house and my brothers used to watch it all the time when they were kids so it's been on the background so many times and out of curiosity i've watched it I've probably watched this film like more than 10 times, crazily. I watched it again last night. What? And it's not very good, is it? I still think, though, there is the shell of a good film in amongst it. There are elements to it. Like, Harrison Ford is not the problem with this film. He is playing indie as well as he's ever played indie. He is full on indie. Everything around him is a mess, but he's indie. And there are certain plot points in this film I think are actually good. I know people hate the alien stuff, but I'm like, no, they're doing 1950s. They're doing like Roswell, mm. 50s sources. Sorry, aliens. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> yeah, there are aliens there. So this is why I wanted you to watch it. There are aliens in this Indiana oh Jones film. Oh, my God. We did try and tell you. My, my problem with it is that it's just too many big set pieces. Too I know many Indiana set Jones pieces. Is known for its set pieces, but it's like big set piece, tiny exposition. Big set yes, piece, there's tiny too exposition. Much. The whole way. Mm. And then there's one part where it's like, I swear, like half an hour or 45 minutes where they're just scrambling to get to a temple. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Just like a pure action scene and there's there's a bit with ants the like stuff overrunning that, them. Yeah, and, yeah, the stuff that yeah. isn't set PC is good though. Like I love the investigation yeah. stuff in this one. When he's doing all his like linguistics and like working out the what this means in this language and all that stuff and digging for his books. Yeah. Some of the it's best investigator yeah. indie stuff. Yeah. And when they're going through the tomb in Peru, I think that's all right. That little tomb yeah. set piece is pretty fun. Yeah, that felt very indie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're the two Too much bits. Of it is like fighty and, you know, like <laughs> so those blowing two up Russians. feel like indies, basically. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, that, my, that's my controversial take, anyway. I don't think it's as bad as people say. It's a fucking. It's, it's definitely the worst one. Mm, but I yeah. don't. I think there's there's seeds of a good idea in there. Yeah. I suppose to keep. To get Tiss up to date, I, th- I think what we'll do is we, I've, I've got like a whole list of stuff and I kind of did it as I was watching the film. So it kind of steps us through sort of piece by piece the kind of weird and paranormal things that they that they cover. Mm-hmm. So the one that I'm opening with is Area 51. Yes. Because um, that's where it begins. That It turns out that is the, the, the massive stash house we see where they place the Ark of the Covenant, which yes. also makes a, a little cameo appearance in there. Another little comment I would have about that is actually there's a little bit... I like the indie films for being standalone adventures mm. and there's a little bit too much like winky nostalgia in this one. Like, oh, yeah. we're going yes. back to the warehouse. Oh, Marion's yeah. back. Oh, there's, And it's like, 
no, no, no. Everyone should stand alone. You shouldn't reference a previous film ever. And if you do, mm-hmm. it's got to be very subtle. Like when he sees, mm. in Last Crusade, he sees a picture of the Ark of the Covenant. And he's like, oh, sort of rolls his eyes. Mm. That's, I don't want anything more than that. When they're going back to like the warehouse, I'm like, ah, come on. I did. I did like the way they introduced it as Area Fifty One there, because it's like the Russians dressed yes. as American soldiers pull up to this guardhouse. They they mow down all the other guards and they start driving through. And then the camera pans up and you see that classic Area Fifty One sign that says "Use of deadly force is authorized." I actually like the idea that the place where the Ark went, where you see that warehouse, was revealed to be Area Fifty One. I'm like, that's not bad. That's that's all right. And, and interestingly, it fits the timeline as well, because yeah. Area 51 actually yeah. opened in 1942, and the film is set in 1957, oh, yeah, and yeah. the Groom Lake Test Facility had already been operating for, for two years under Project Aquatone, which was the Lockheed U-2 spy plane development program. Oh. So realistically, the facilities were there, but they would be mm. a lot more developed than what we see in the film. And that first film, where the art goes into it, is 42, that is set, right? Yes, yeah. So it lines up perfectly, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Although, one thing that really did bug me is uh, they, they have the, the silly bit with magnets, the you know, magnetic body. They throw dust, doesn't make sense. gunpowder into the air, which gets attracted to the alien body that's in there, which was recovered from her as well. Like it's, it, it gets convoluted very quickly. Not, not quite as silly as the fridge. No, not no. <laughs> but you know what bothered me this time about that? Um, I don't want to bang on and on and on about what bothered me about the film. Normally, I've, this is the first time I've thought, okay, they throw, what they do is, Tiss, the, the case they're looking for in this endless warehouse full of cases is magnetic. So he empties, like, he gets some gunpowder, chucks it in the air, and follows where the gunpowder flies to. And I'm like, if it was that magnetic, wouldn't it be like pulling? Wait, gunpowder's magnetic? What's it made from? I feel very British right now. I don't know what's in gunpowder. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm talking from an absolute novice point of view. I have no idea. But I, that surprises me. Okay, here we go. I'm I'm gonna be on a watch list. I've just typed gunpowder ingredients, but it's <laughs> potassium nitrate, sulfur, and carbon. I've got a little story about gunpowder. Just a little tangent. Go on. Uh, when I was younger, my cousin Lucy used to always have sweets in her room, always, and there was these like gobstopper-looking things. So I started like eating one, and it was gunpowder. It was one of those balls that you clack together. So I was oh. sucking on a gunpowder ball. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. When you said gun, I thought you meant there were sweets called gunpowder. I thought you were talking about them. No. They were like little no, sour, I... crunchy things called gunpowder. I actually sucked on a ball of gunpowder. Well, there you go. It explains a lot. Wow. Yeah, it does. So anyway, the gunpowder's flying off, and I'm just thinking, if this thing's magnetic enough to pull all this gunpowder through the air, wouldn't it be pulling at like, the keys on their belts? Mm-hmm. And wouldn't they Which feel it does it? later. Yeah. Yeah, later. Yeah. I don't know, it just feels We're a bit like really close. Now, it is it, a bit silly. It is a film about aliens, so yeah. we can't really complain too much about the stretch of reality. Also, the other issue with this film is way too much CG. It was like Lucas yeah. got hold of Spielberg and was like, no, you can do anything with CG now. And they went way overboard. Because mm-hmm. like, when I think of indie, I think of practical sets, really cool practical effects. Mm. And this is just like a cartoon. But anyway, one, carry, one thing that on really, with. really bothered me about the alien is that they mentioned the reason that they'd kidnapped Indiana Jones to go and find where this alien body was is because they called him in to examine it. Why yeah. would they call in an archaeologist to examine a top secret alien corpse? Uh, he says about it, it's all a bit messy. They never explain much in this film very well. He was, mm. uh, he was at Roswell, but he never saw the alien is what he says. 
later on oh. in the film. Oh, okay. I missed that. I thought he was brought in to examine it. I don't remember that. I think he says, he, th- he says, oh, he said it was just a lot of wreckage. And, um, I remember that. Yeah. He says, oh, it's just a lot of wreckage and something covered in a sheet or something. Mm. Like he, I got the impression that he never actually saw the alien at Roswell. He didn't really know what was in oh. the box. And he was on site looking at some of the wreckage and stuff, the, um, bits of craft or whatever. But like I say, it's a bit, it's not clear with its plot lines sometimes, this film. Yeah, no, that's a problem I had, especially with Kate Blanchett's character, which I'll come to in a bit. But yeah. a, a, apparently the book actually covers a lot more of it and goes a lot more in depth on characters' histories and a lot of the sort of backstory in it. Did you read it for the part? Hell no, <laughs> nor will I ever. <laughs> <laughs> that is one book I condone burning. I really want to know if any of our listeners have read the novelization of King of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> and I would like a review, please. <laughs> I... I- I mean, is the is the CG stuff? Is that because Harrison Ford was like sixty when they made, and he's probably not no, so? I'm talking about like the actual alien and stuff. Yeah, that was a bit stupid. <laughs> yeah, just it's yeah, all yeah, a bit. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the CG alien has nothing to do with Harrison Ford. Um, it's just like a lot. Of, there's just a lot of stuff going on. Like when they're going mm. through the jungle. I mean, there's a bit in this where Sheila Booth swings like Tarzan, and I always forget it's in this film. And I'm like, oh, now oh, the fridge bit's don't. out of the way. That's the worst bit. And then when he starts swinging with the monkeys, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is even worse. <laughs> yeah, Tiss, there's a bit where Sheila Booth friends some monkeys and swings through the trees on vines with them. So. Ridiculous. Also, also Tiss, something else you need to understand about this character is not only is he like a greaser bad boy, but his his mum tried to put him in the best of schools where he studied fencing, which definitely won't come into it later. <laughs> you know what? It, what the fuck? It's the biggest telegraph you've ever seen. When he gets in that sword fight standing on the back of the car, this sounds like we're making up. For Tiss, who's never seen it, it sounds like we're making this film up. <laughs> when he gets in that sword we fight on the back of the car... This was the first time I lent to Becca last night. Becca watched it with me. I said, oh, because earlier on he said about how he did fencing. And she was like, yeah. <laughs> we know. <laughs> it's, like, it's the first time I got that link. Uh, it's painful. That's fucking painful, mate. <laughs> thing is, though, when when the, I always think when you see this kind of thing in movies... I don't know why they think they need to put it... Like, if that had just happened, I wouldn't question, like, hang on a minute, how can he sword fight? <laughs> like, yeah. it's a film, you just wouldn't... You wouldn't question and it. So it's an Indiana Jones film, so it's just kind of whatever's, like, fun at the time. You just go with the... Roll with the punches. Um, yeah. So we, we, get, we get introduced to Kate Blanchett's character in, in the whole scene at Area 51 where they're trying to heist the alien body. Yeah. And, and she is carrying a sword on her side. And it's literally yes. like a couple of scenes later, he's like, yeah, I studied fencing. It's like, oh, yeah. fucking hell, here yeah. we and, go. And India's made, made clear to point out, like, yeah, she carries a rapier. Like, it's mentioned a few times. We're like, okay, yeah. sword, swords, we get it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kate Blanchett doing a dodgy Russian accent carrying a rapier is the villain of this, by the way. To... It is the <laughs> worst. It's she says Kate she's... Blanchett, remind me... Kate Blanchett, can't think of the face. Very famous um, Australian actress, not Russian. Any other films she's been in? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like so, oh, yeah. so, so, Quite so famous. many. Lord of the Rings? Oh, she's in Lord of the Rings. She's, Ga- she's Galadriel. She's Galadriel yeah. Yes, there you go. I'll be honest, that's the only thing I know. I only know her as Galadriel. That's it. Uh, we did an episode of Kate Blanchett for the film pod, so I've seen about 40 films of her in... <laughs> 
Oh, wow. It's almost like she does acting for a job or something. Almost. Her, her accent is is <laughs> horrific, though. It channels absolutely yeah. every Eastern European accent stereotype you can imagine. And it does just go into English every now and then. There's even the bit where she's like, um, how do you say? <laughs> <laughs> and she's otherwise a pretty good actress. Like, I like yeah. her in a lot of stuff. Yeah, but this is uh, not her finest, not her finest hour. Colonel Dr. Irina Spelko. Three times I have received Order of Lenin. Also, medalist hero of socialist labor. And why? Because I know things. I know them before anyone else. And what I do not know, I find out. Now, what I need to know now is in here. Uh, but this is just turning into us, like, uh, <laughs> reviewing the film. <laughs> well, let's, let, let's, let's bring it back on track then. So if we're talking about Blanchett, one, one thing that's kind of hinted about her character is that she has psychic powers. Yeah, I find that odd. I, I forget that's a facet of the film. Like It's not expressly stated anywhere, but it says like she's on this quest for knowledge, which is why yeah. she's trying to trying to find this and the, the the reason that they're looking for the alien is it said that other this other alien being visited Earth to search for thirteen missing other beings that are like its descendant like that it's descended of and somehow that ties into this alien body. I, I get confused of where they're going with it. So that is like the alien it's council so we see at the end, right? Yes, it is, yeah. yeah. We do see it. We see like basically the Jedi council chambers, Tis, but full of aliens at the end. <laughs> yeah, they, they say that um, th- there's a couple of other beings they know that have visited this Earth, and there's one that crashed in Roswell, and the other one was supposed to be the uh, Tunguska uh, oh, meteor right, yeah. explosion, you know, that leveled all the trees back in the uh, 1908, I think it was. Hmm. Because when they opened the one from Area 51, she says, oh, a, a cousin perhaps. Yeah. A distant cousin yeah. perhaps. She says something like that. That's it, yeah. It's very, very tenuous. Because that body is never seen again. Again, I see where they're going with this film. Because when you've got... In the one in the 40s, you've got Nazis looking for religious artefacts, which is true. Mm-hmm. And so now you fast forward to the 50s, because they filmed it 20 years later, and it's like, okay, what was going on in the 50s? The space race, Russians, and like Area 51 and Roswell and aliens. They're, they're trying to do like, mm. okay, some wacko Russians are looking for the hot shit of this era... And mm. they're, they're surrounding it in the tropes of the 50s. And it, on paper, you could make a good film out of this concept. I, I stand by it's like not a bad idea. Yeah, definitely. The, the, apparently, once again, the, the book expands more upon Blanchett's character's uh, psychic <laughs> powers. But Rick's trying to sell the book. Uh, no, I'm really not. <laughs> I'm really, really not. <laughs> Um, if you have a look on the the fandom page online, actually, there's yeah. there's a lot on there. So don't buy the book. Go to the fandom site instead and have a little read. But it says apparently that um, it was one of Lenin's passion projects, according to the book, um, the, the exploration of psychic abilities. But I was having a little read up on that, and the timeline doesn't fit because apparently the Russians did do experiments into ESP in the 1980s. Um, uh. And that was after the Americans had done their Stargate project, which was a similar thing about remote viewing and oh. uh, psychics or that kind of thing, which was in 1978. Yeah, this is 57, this film. Yeah, there's um, there's just a lot of uh, Kate Blanchett giving eyes at Indiana Jones, and she, there's a point where she goes, you're a hard man to read, Mr. Jones. And and that's all that is hinted about her yes. psychic powers. And that's she it. stares at him for a bit and then says she can't read him. Yeah. 
Yeah, that is, that is it. You're a hard man to read, Dr. Jones. Ouch. So, we will do this, what is the expression? Old-fashioned way. You will tell us. You will help us find what we seek. But apparently, according to the, the fandom page, it says she was born with apparent psychic powers, which led to her being ostracized in early life, and she was consumed with the desire to discover why she was different. So, all things aside, uh, that now brings us to the very famous fridge. Because yeah. after they've explored the warehouse and there's been uh, an alien body scene and a nice little chase, uh, Indy gets chased away by the Russians and hides in a lovely little looking uh, village or town. And as he starts ducking around the houses, he sees that it's full of dummies. For some reason, the tellies are on, but the taps don't work. And he's trying to find a but place to But the sprinklers hide. are running. It's really uh, odd. Yeah, it's so inconsistent. Yes. Mm. And as as most people know, he um, he hears a big alarm sounding. Uh, the Russians start fleeing the scene. He figures something terrible is happening. He opens a fridge, and it just happens to pan across the little um, little manufacturer's mark that says "lead lined." Yeah. As he gets in, uh, closes the door behind him, and one of the atomic tests detonates, absolutely decimating the town, and uh, sending Indy flying off in a fridge. Yeah. Mm. So this is this is ludicrous, and this I like. I say I liked it in the cinema. This is the bit in the cinema I was like shaking my head at. I don't know. This whole <laughs> section feels like they could have just cut it from the film. It feels pointless. They could have just yeah. cut from him fleeing Area Fifty One to him being questioned about mm-hmm. what was going on. But you've just got this stupid scene in the middle where he's literally hit by an atomic bomb while he's in a fridge. Yeah. Tiss again. I'm I'm not making this up. <laughs> I found a very good video that I will uh, share with you guys, which is a a scientist talking about this particular scene. And it's not a case of if he would have died, it's a case of how many times he would have died. Yeah. So we've got got the pressure from the explosion uh, as as a first, which would destroy the fridge. Um, It was enough to shred the Jeep that the Russians were driving away in, so a fridge would stand absolutely zero chance. Yeah. Another little <laughs> side note: the fridge itself would never be lead-lined because it's an it's it would be a terrible insulator for cold. It just wouldn't work. It would be insanely mm. heavy. It'd be very expensive as well, and there were never lead-lined fridges manufactured. Right. But we've also got neutron radiation exposure. We've got fallout exposure. Multiple impacts as he is slammed into rocks, thrown down a hill, and tumbled. That's the bit that gets me. It's the yeah. It's the way it flies through the air, and bounces, bounces like yeah. His head would be mushed. Yeah, I was watching it and I was going dead, dead, yeah, dead, dead. dead. <laughs> like yeah, mm. it's just so many. You've also got the heat as well and oxygen deprivation because all of the oxygen would just be absorbed by the giant nuclear fireball. Right. There is, there is no surviving that. Like, I, I know it's supposed to be like a fun little scene, but it's just ridiculous. I can take fun, silly scenes in indie films. That is too much. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's too I, much I for just, me. I just remember thinking, does it have to be atomic? Like, could it not have been another, just another explosion, which would have been way more believable? Did it have to be so ridiculous? Mm. Um, you know what? I, when you see it fly through the air... And and the door opens and he rolls out. I was thinking at the time, oh, this is a misdirect. Like, we're thinking, no way, he's not in that fridge. And then it opens and he's not actually in it. And he found an actual more believable way out. But no. Mm. I would have gone with that because it's subverting your expectation. But, like, him actually rolling out of the fridge. And it's also very indie. 
like yeah, they do that yeah. through all the other films, I, you know. I just love where you all draw the line uh, <laughs> in amongst all these other ridiculous things. It's like I draw the line at nuclear fucking nuclear fridges riding. <laughs> surfing a fridge away from atomic bombs i mean it became a bit of a um it became a bit of an expression didn't it like nuke in the fridge it was nuke a bit like jumping yeah. the front jumping yeah, the shark yeah. it was basically the new version of that nuke yeah the fridge. i love it and it also of uh, of course made an appearance in uh, the game fallout new vegas yeah 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 mm. if, if you turn on the little perk you can get the start which is a weird wasteland uh, not far outside the main town of good springs that you start in you find a fridge with a man inside there and he has got indy's hat right alongside him which is uh <laughs> it's like the the fancy gambler's hat i think it is if i remember correctly but it's a beautiful little reference yeah and if and if you're playing fallout new vegas you you do have to tick Weird Wasteland. Yes, it's the only <laughs> way to play. The other thing that surprised me as well is uh, after this scene, because uh, we, we get a nice little cut after this, is we just see him being scrubbed down by some men with brushes. That is yeah. it. That, that's, he's absolutely fine after that. Bubbly brush. I'm very glad that you checked on the fridge thing, because when we watched it last night, Becca was like, you couldn't survive that, could you? Like, One, I was like, no. I said, but also, I really hope Rick tells me that you can't survive that tomorrow, and I really hope he checked. I and will you send you that video to say you can <laughs> do. watch it for yourself. There's some good stuff in there. Yeah, please do. It's like I, I, I still, I, yeah, I remember thinking it at the cinema, and I remember thinking it again when I watched it the second time. Like it, it didn't have to be a nuclear bomb; it could have been any other test that they yeah. could have done, and I would have gone, "Yeah, all right, it's indie." You know, you you accept the the crazy stuff. Um, it's just, I, I don't know, I, I feel like it's too, I don't, it's almost like we're idiots. Like when they wrote It's really that, on the nose, yeah. It, they were like, they're like, like have you seen, if you go on YouTube and have a look at nuclear tests and what they do to the environment, like they, yeah. they would have been like, any sane person would have gone, nah, they'll never have that. They're not going to, they're not going to believe that. But they, they did it anyway, it just. But the film starts with cartoon gophers. True. Like CGI gophers. <laughs> farting around for yeah. the camera so you know it's going to be sillier from the that's what I mean like from the get go you're like they got carried away Jesus Just before it started I was like they got carried away that's how it starts this by the way like a gopher poking its head out of the ground like a little CGI gopher and going reep, reep, reep. that is ridiculous uh, I quickly need to go and do an emergency getting Poo. a plug because my phone my phone battery is dying and I think it's because it's on a USB charging thing so I'm going to grab a plug so it's a bit more efficient go alright I was convinced he was going to say poo. Yeah, the thing is, it's pretty basic. There's not a lot to go too in depth on, which is a bit of a shame. There's some of the the topics though, like as we'll get into in a bit, mm. uh, like the Crystal Skulls have got some uh, areas yes. of interest. The, mm. I, I know nothing about them, so I'll be interested to, to see what you've got about it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll try and keep my inner skeptic silent until we've uh, actually addressed it, talked about it a little bit, and then we can just tear it to shreds. Okay. That's what Bob usually does. <laughs> I, I try not to. I try so hard. I've got some questions for Tiss around that as well, actually, because I was listening to episode 105 where he talks oh. about crystals. Ah. Uh, mm. Well, Tiss, Tiss is... He, he's having a, a change of heart about stuff because we talked about energy last time and he was... Um, his Some of his thoughts were different to previous episodes where we talked yeah, about I've, positive and negative energy. As a listener, I've noticed him getting more sceptical. Mm. Over the years, I've seen him slowly start to back off from from some of the things he's talked about before. Yeah, but yeah, I think so. 
We'll see. We'll be interested to see what his thoughts are. Yeah, but I suppose when we started doing this, we were still in our 20s. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I was so bright-eyed. I was so bushy-tailed. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. He's there back. He is. So um, we talked about him surviving the fridge. He's getting scrubbed down and interrogated. That's where we're up to now. Yeah, um, just, just, just before I go on to the next bit, which is probably my highlight of the film, is um, one thing I've read from the apologists of this film is they say that they think that Indiana Jones might have survived this because either the power of the Ark was still with him, the power of the Grail was still with him, or the fact he drunk the blood of Carly, which makes him superhuman, which is super convenient. I, know, I have heard people say, like, oh, because he drank from the Grail, he is like, that's how he survives all this stuff from now but on. And it's not supposed to work when you've got over the threshold. Exactly. That's what we said last time. It's I think there's people forgetting that point of drinking from the Grail. Like, as soon as you yeah. go past the Grail, you can only, you're only um, immortal if you stay on the grounds to protect the cup. Yeah. As soon as yeah, you exactly. leave, you lose that power. Yeah. I think people forget that detail because I always forget that detail. I mean, it's only in my head because I watched it so recently. I know it saves his dad outside there, but I think even that is supposed to be showing the dwindling power of it. Yeah. It's just like, it's enough to heal his wound. And healing like, a wound is different mm. from making you immortal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and let's <laughs> note that his his dad is just dead in this one. Like, there's there's no fucking about. They just have a no, scene where, like, dead. no, he's dead. He's, he's a photo on a desk. It's a shame he died. Move on. Yeah. So, yeah, my, um, my, my absolute highlight of this film came next, uh, which has got nothing to do with anything being weird, but we see the janitor from Scrubs. He appears oh, as an FBI yeah. agent, which was fantastic. <laughs> I, you know what? what I touch. was watching that, and I was like, where do I recognise that guy from? And that you've only just unlocked it for me now, as you say it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. He's, just, he's just the janitor, but an FBI agent. It's great. Yeah. Very odd bit of casting. The, the, tall, the tallish guy. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay. Right. There's there's a bit of a nod He's to the got whole one um, scene. You know, you know the whole the the arc is being watched by top men. Top yeah. men. Yeah. yeah there's yeah. a little bit of that because the janitor turns around to Indy and says, "You are now of great interest to the bureau. Great interest." Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a nice ah. little nod, but it's the only time we see him, and it's the only time the FBI comes into it. But it's sort of hinted that Indy might be uh, like a Soviet spy because he let them get away. Yeah, you've got a lot of that like Soviet paranoia stuff going on in this film mm-hmm. because of the era it's in. Yeah, and then really after after that, there's there's a whole lot of bullshittery with introducing Shia LaBeouf and running from so here much to bullshit. There. Mm-hmm. And when then, I think of then, Indiana Jones, I think of Globetrotting Adventures, not riding a motorbike outside his workplace of business. Exactly, and it's yeah, like exactly. twenty Driving minutes of uni. just farting around outside the university. <laughs> And there's that terrible scene where he, they like power slide through a university library, hitting absolutely nothing. They stop next to a student who's like, "Oh, Doctor Jones, yeah. I've just got a question for you." It's so bad. Yeah, it's but so I, bad. thing is, I still let it slide because Harrison is still doing good indie like closing lines when he's like, you know, if you want to be an archaeologist, you have to get out of the library. It's true. That's pretty slick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, Doctor Jones. Yes. Um. I just had a question on Hargrove's normative culture model. Forget Hargrove. Okay. Read Ver Gordon Child on diffusionism. He spent most of his life in the field. I want to be a good archaeologist. You gotta get out of the library! 
and yeah, after after that, I suppose that that gets us on to the uh, the the crux of this topic, which is the crystal skulls themselves. Yeah. So the, mm. from from the farting around on the bike, I, I, again, I only watched this last night, and I'm already getting muddy. They go to Peru. Yeah. Next. Yes, because no. th- th- the skulls are there. For some reason. The conquistadors. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I've... it was um, Francisco de Orellana. Yeah. who is apparently on a quest to find the crystal skull. He was looking for El Dorado. That's it, that's it. Yeah. Then, we, again, we, another which, plot point they just chuck in here. El Dorado's in play now. Yeah, which my add is absolute bullshit. Uh, Francisco de Orellana was a real person. Um, he was a conquistador, but he was actually looking for cinnamon due to its high value at the time. He had nothing to do with searching for El Dorado. But, um, well, or was he? I, I suppose for, for, for any listeners that don't know, El Dorado was the uh, fabled city of gold um, where the, the streets were allegedly paved with gold or the buildings were made of gold. It's supposed to be like the the ultimate place of, um, I believe it was Aztec or Incan um, mm, technology. Yeah. And I mean, my wealth. my knowledge of South American stuff is poor. I, I loved it as a kid, but I just loved mm. all of it and I get it all conflated together. Yeah. Yeah, same, unfortunately. Sorry to any of our South American listeners. <laughs> yeah. So um, th- this actually leads me back to something I was just talking about whilst you were gone, Tiss. Because um, back in April 2018, you hosted an episode uh, on crystals. And uh, you, you uh-huh. talked briefly about your stones and your furry sack. And uh, one, <laughs> of the- <laughs> one of the things that you said was uh, that Quartz is the Mac Daddy of crystals. But we never actually got an explanation of that episode as to why it was the Mac Daddy of crystals. So I've, I've got a question that's kind of twofold for you. Which is, do you remember why why quartz is considered the Mac Daddy of crystals? And two, what is your opinion on crystals these days? Uh, so quartz is the Mac Daddy of crystals. Uh, God, I have not the slightest clue. I think it's because quartz. I think it's because quartz. Um, you can make like what am I trying to say? Quartz was used in the manufacturing of like a lot of things, like clocks and like I don't know, fucking loads of shit. Quartz mm. is like everywhere, um, and I think I, I think I, I think it's the Mac Daddy because it was the one that is like obviously the most useful in like a sort of like material <laughs> science sort of. Way. Every time Mac he Daddy. says Mac Daddy, it makes me laugh. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, in terms of what I think of crystals now, I mean, yeah, I don't know, really. Uh, probably unchanged. How did I feel about them back then? I'm trying to think. Well, from from what I could hear, it sounded like you were quite into it. It sounded like uh, you and the missus were quite into buying crystals and you were talking about how, like, um, cri- like, when you go into a shop, you shouldn't just go and, like, pick out a crystal. You should wait and, like, feel it and it should guide yeah. you towards it. Like, I think I'm slightly more cynical these days. Okay, I'm just cynical in general, though. I seem I seem to make I seem to recall, and obviously Rick, you might be able to correct me because you've you've listened to it. I seem to recall making a like a a link to when Harry Potter goes into the wand shop and the wand chooses you. You don't choose the wand, and I remember you <laughs> saying like that you you yeah you go into a shop, but the the crystal chooses you. You don't choose the crystal. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I remember now. <laughs> I remember recording the episode because it's one of the few that we recorded at Becca's parents' house. At Becca's house, I remember house. him bringing yeah, the crystals yeah. over. But I and I remember going to the crystal shop in Leighton Buzzard to try and do a little bit of like, I see if any crystal chooses me. And I've still got those crystals in the car, in the little change thing in the car. Um, I used to always have them in my pocket when I worked at the brewery and I used to rub them. I don't know if they made a difference. I used to like rubbing them though. <laughs> the crystals you're saying, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I thought we were talking about something else then. Um, oh, yeah. There's this really good um, picture I saw on Reddit a few years back, which was a sort of new agey person who, on, on their car steering wheel, on, on, on where the horn would be, they'd glued a bunch of crystals into the shape of, like, an arc. And they were like, oh, this is, this is fantastic. This is really good. This can keep me safe when I'm driving. And someone was like, no, you've just turned your airbag into a claymore mine. <laughs> so you'd say you're a bit more skeptical these days then Tiss is there any particular reason or Um, because the world's a bit fucked and I think everything's a bit more sort of depressing these days and I don't don't really give a shit I suppose is the is, is the most depressing sort of answer to that question. <laughs> I was going to say, dude. Like... I feel like you've become generally more skeptical, of, not just on crystals, but on a few things. You seem more skeptical these days. Yeah, I just don't think. Um... I think listeners have noticed that as well. I think someone said something like that recently in an email. They see, you seem more skeptical these days. Yeah, I think. Uh, God, who knows. Who knows? Without getting it too dour, I do, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I think I had a sort of like whimsical devil's advocate type view back then, and now I'm, a bit, I'm just tired. I'm a tired person. <laughs> tired. Would, would you say you still carry any spiritual beliefs, or did you find that sort of fading out as you get older and a bit more jaded? Oh no, I, I do have spiritual beliefs. Hmm. Um, it depends what, what 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 we mean by spiritual. I guess I still have my faith in what I believe is going on in terms of reality. Yeah. Um, in terms of crystals and zodiacs and stuff like that. I don't know if they're just human constructs that we've sort of, they're just very like human made, you know, and I just don't believe that humans know what's going on. That's, that's yeah. my belief. Anything that's human uh, sort of like knowledge I kind of discount because I think we're fucking stupid and we don't know anything. I mean, the way the world's going at the minute just gives me that faith that we really are fucking stupid. So I'd probably listen to an animal's opinion on crystals before I would a human's. (laughs) And I don't know if they collect crystals, probably not. (laughs) I never know what he's going to come up with next. Um, (laughs) What what I would say is some of these things, though, I... Even if they are man-made, I do think some of these things do have a benefit. Like, um, like we talked about tarot cards and stuff before. And we said, well, mm. even if it's nonsense, it's still a way to. Oh, I think tarot is great. It's still a way to put your thoughts in order. It's still a way to yeah. work things out and think things through, whether yeah. you believe or not. Like I did when I did it for the podcast. Despite not believing in tarot stuff, I actually found it a very interesting process that really did like maybe consider things and get my thoughts mm. in order at the time it's and like so, mini therapy yeah yeah exactly it's like a mini therapy session and um i think there are you know there's a place for if it if it's gonna help you then go for it and in terms of like you know crystals and zodiac and all that stuff if it if it, if it feel like it has a benefit to you then fill your boots 
Also, though, um, on the Zodiac one, the, the thing that I that boils my piss a little bit with Zodiacs <laughs> these days is that people that are into... I don't know if I'm being quite contentious here. I might be alienating <laughs> most of my fan base. Your fan base? <laughs> yeah. The, pe- the people that the people have got into the idea that I'm I'm playing devil's advocate. They're going to be ripping like their tiss posters off the wall. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the tiss hotline's going to be uh, empty. Um, it's just when you meet people that are into zodiacs, they tend to boil you down into a, in a into a sort of like this is who you are yes. type thing, and mm. it's like. How about you get to know me as an autonomous, unique human being rather than boil me down into just a fucking section of this belief mm-hmm. system? It's it's a classic Taurus. Taurus. Oh, God. That's <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't wait, could we? <laughs> what happened? God, we spent too much time talking. We both tried to make the exact same joke. We both tried to say it sounds like a typical Taurus thing to say. <laughs> Tourist. Taurus. Taurus. Oh, but I'm not Taurus. <laughs> what are you? At Aries. It's so funny that oh. we both went to Taurus, though. <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking of Taurus. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know Zodiacs very well. I think no. I'm Scorpio. I don't I'm know. Sure, Do you know but... what? The funny thing is, it's as contentious as I am being. I'm just a bit depressed today. So I'm, I'm probably doing a bit of a bob where I just I go a bit fucking AWOL. Yeah. On the things that I do believe. But actually, I yeah, they are fun. Zodiacs are fun, but I think the thing that annoys me is is people that tend to be super super into them. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it, it kind of like I think it gets in the way of like really evaluating a person for who they really are. Don't boil them down into like one of the twelve, um, and just sort of like you know explain away their problems because oh this is a typical fucking Aries thing or oh, this is this you know people aren't just that. They're more than that as well. You have uh, listened um, to to the horoscope song by Weird Al. I haven't. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> dude, dude, look it up. That'll put a smile on your face. <laughs> That's some funny shit. I know it. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> I have heard. Like, the thing is, when you are around um, people who do put a lot of um, faith in the zodiac stuff, and you do say stuff, they do often say like the amount of times I've had like, oh, typical Capricorn. You're like, shut up. And you can't win because they can always just say, oh, yeah, exactly as how a Tapcorn would respond. You can't win, and that pisses me off. I guess it's the, it's the determinism of it. It's the determinism. Yes. Yeah. Well, we're going to get on to the crystal skulls, right? That's why we're we asking are. about crystals. We are, yes. Yes, the crux of this, uh, this subject, really. So, um... In the movie, um, Kate Blanchett's character goes on to explain that um, he who returns the skulls will receive great power. Power over the mind of men is uh, yes. one of the things that she says. Um, and they're going to say that apparently Indy and the, his his old colleague uh, Oxley, who yes. who they've been searching for through part of this to go and find the skull, they were fascinated with uh, a particular skull, which is called the uh, Mitchell Hedges skull. So this this takes us into the real world now. So So is this a real skull? It certainly is, yes. Well hey, oh. here we go. So trap yourself in. We'll take it back a, a step, though, first, because there is another skull which is in the British Museum, of course, like all good artifacts. Indy does mention that in the film as yes, well. He's he does. seen the one in the British Museum. 
So the, the one in the British Museum first appeared in 1881. Um, it popped up in the shop of a Paris uh, antiqu- antiquarian called uh, Eugène Bobin. And apparently he had three skulls, and one of them he peddled to the British Museum, saying it was a uh, ancient Aztec artifact. Um, we'll we'll cover what it actually was later. Oh, but then the the most famous skull, uh, which is the Mitchell Hedges skull, was reportedly found in 1924 by uh, Anna Mitchell Hedges, who's the sorry the adopted daughter of a british adventurer and that's a uh, job you can't get anymore no imagine how cool it would be waking up and being an adventurer i mean that'd be amazing Mm. but he he was a chap called um fa hedges who is uh frederick albert mitchell hedges and he he was a genuine explorer um he used to go and scour uh temples and ancient aztec and incan places in south america trying to find artifacts and document them what a time to be alive i know right I uh, know. So allegedly, during their um, expedition uh, to a place called uh, Lubantun in British Honduras, which is now Belize, in 1924, his daughter, Anna Mitchell Hedges, found the skull uh, in a collapsed altar inside this temple. And she's made a lot of claims about it over the years, um, saying that it contains all sorts of interesting powers and uh it's a it's a very mysterious artifact um she claimed that it could cause visions uh that it could cure cancer um that she'd once used its magical properties to kill a man and in another instance she said that she saw a premonition of the assassination of john f kennedy did she say that before or after he was killed yeah (laughs) you know what i don't know (laughs) no i should find that out (laughs) I mean, it was definitely after. You don't have to look, Rick. It was definitely after. I'm telling you that now. Almost she said, I knew yes. that was going to happen. Why don't you do something then? Why don't you tell anyone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. So she said she killed someone with the power yeah, of this she, thing. She, that, uh, yeah, according to the articles that I've found. And everyone was just like, oh, okay. They didn't try and arrest her. Apparently not, no. Or question who it was. It's not considered murder if it's paranormal. So that's uh, good to note. Right. Okay. That's helpful. Yeah, so um, she, she kept hold of the skull for a very long time. Um, in fact, it's still with her partner. Um, she 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 died. Um, oh god, when was it? I think it was the early two thousands, and her partner still holds it. But was it two thousand eight when she saw Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and died, died from shock? <laughs> she wished. <laughs> One of the interesting things about this skull is they actually sent it off to be analysed. It, it went to Hewlett-Packard uh, because they were doing a lot of stuff with uh, quartz crystal wafers, right. uh, you know, like shearing right. small wafers yeah, to, yeah. to use in, in technology at the time. And they analysed the skull. And they uh, couldn't find too much about it, to be honest. Like They didn't find any bizarre properties. Is that because they work with computers? That's it. See, they, they found that it's... Um, it, it was cut against the grain, apparently, of the of the crystal, which is apparently quite a hard thing to do, because um, crystal normally shatters when you work That's against what I was the grain. Say. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then something that I did read uh, is that apparently no investigation was made by Hewlett Packard uh, to obtain the method of its manufacturer or any sort of dating, which is kind of silly in itself because you can't really date crystal you know it's 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 crystal like trying to date a rock you can't carbon date yeah. that because they're, they're so isn't ancient. the whole point of yeah isn't the whole point of a crystal that it's like thousands upon thousands of years old yeah so even if you could make a date what difference would it make it's so far 
So I, I've actually got a little something to, 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 to show you boys here. How do you normally do your uh, your clip sharing? Uh, a, have you got have you got share, scr- uh, share, yeah, screen share screen at the bottom? I That's what have. worked for me last time, but also okay. sometimes just a link or... Oh, yeah. right, let's or some, I mean, when we get desperate, we do just hold our phone up to the camera and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, hey, let's see. Is, is that coming through? Oh, yeah. Pornhub. Excellent. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, even better. Even better. Ancient yeah. aliens. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this this one's a three minute special, but it's worth every second. Right, okay. I promise you. Let's do it. You ready? History Channel. Yes. According to Native American legend, there are thirteen crystal skulls that are the same size and shape as human skulls, and these crystal skulls were left behind by the earliest ancestors from way back in the mists of time. The skulls are containers of great knowledge, great wisdom, information that is important to mankind. In fact, the legend also prophesies that at a time of great need, all of these crystal skulls will be brought back together again, and that when that happens, they will divulge the knowledge, the wisdom that the Native American elders believe is actually vital to the very survival of the human race. The Mitchell Hedges Crystal Skull was considered the Royals Royce of the Crystal Skulls. It was the most beautiful crystal skull. It was discovered in the 1920s by the explorer F.A. Mitchell Hedges in Central America. Mitchell Hedges loaned the crystal skull to scientists at the Hewlett Packard Laboratory back in the 1970s, and they were unable to find any kind of tool marks on it. One of the most interesting things that they discovered was that the crystal skull was not made of just any old bit of crystal, but it was made from a type of crystal known as piezoelectric silicon dioxide. And this is exactly the type of quartz crystal that we now use inside all our information storage devices and all our communication devices. Any quartz crystal object, including our crystal skull, can be encoded with information And in fact, a quartz crystal can hold more information than a computer chip can. So any crystal object and crystal skulls is, in a sense, a small, mini computer storage device. And just a small quartz crystal can hold more computer data than even uh, the largest thumb drive that you're able to buy today. When you think of the legend that said that the crystal skulls were containers of great knowledge, then perhaps if you think how much information we now store inside a tiny silicon crystal chip, then maybe there is vast amounts of information, as the Native American elders say, inside a crystal skull. Mitchell Hedges was told by the locals that this skull was given to them by their ancestors. It was said that their ancestors were the sky people. Now, whenever I hear references to sky people, are we really talking about invisible things that somebody just came up with? Or a being descending from the sky in some type of a flying machine? Thank you so much for sharing that with us. That was just... I I love History Channel videos. They're just terrible, but so good. As soon as I saw ancient aliens, I knew I had to. <laughs> it couldn't be anything else. Yeah, I mean, that packed so much into three minutes. Yeah. I mean, 
I'll wait for Tiss to come back before I start really going into it. It's all right. Oh, he's reopening Skype right now, he says. Okay, cool. He tried to watch the video and it exited his Skype and now he's reopening Skype and we're just going to summarise the video for him. Cool. There he is. Sorry. Tiss, those those skulls, the crystal skulls... Yeah. uh, They're made of... Well, this might give it away. They're made of the Mac Daddy... Made of the Mac Daddy quartz. Yeah, that quartz. Runs silicon chips. So, this is why, Rick, is this why you're asking Tiss about the quartz? Yes, yeah, because um, it, it, it is said that the skulls in the real world are comprised of quartz crystal, and the video goes on to explain that it is a uh, storage medium, which is true. You can use quartz crystals as a storage medium. How? Um, yeah, I don't understand. If, if, when they say you can store information on a on a rock, I don't understand what they mean. Yeah, or L- how? Listen, how does that happen? I, I'm an IT guy, and even to me, this is pure wizardry. If if you go online and look up 5D optical data storage, right. you'll find it. There's there's a Wikipedia article that describes it, but basically, it's like being able to etch onto layers of um of of crystal and to store data. What and so you it could becomes like... like an optical media. You could, like, store on it, like, a film. It's like the Ten Commandments being etched onto a big rock, isn't it? Yeah. That's it. There you I go. could store on it the Indiana Jones quadrilogy and plug it into my telly and watch it, theoretically. <laughs> Trilogy, yeah. So there are a few out there in the world. Apparently, um, I understand that my favourite man, Elon Musk, has, has <sighs> one, unfortunately. Don't care. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that man yeah. on the pod, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently I've already he's had got... to edit you down on revisited for you going on Elon Brands. Please bleep his name. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so apparently he's got You're not a fan, one... Rick. <laughs> oh, I love him. He's great. Isn't he such a fucking entrepreneur? Genius. Don't don't underrated. Him, That's hilarious. <laughs> and now he's Anyway, before yeah. Yeah, let's, let's step aside from him. Yeah, apparently he he has um, a copy of the disc, uh, well, a disc which was made by um, something called the Arch uh, the Arch Mission Foundation, um, which was uh, a non profit organization that's trying to create multiple redundant repositories of human knowledge around the solar system. So it's quite a lofty project. Um, apparently, one disc is in Musk's library, and the other one is placed aboard the Tesla Roadster in space. Musk's library. Oh, for goodness sake, obviously. I was about to say, I'd love to see what else is in Musk's library, but I really fucking wouldn't. <laughs> no. So, can I just check something? So, when we... Uh, I I made a comment while I was watching it, and you then said, oh, you're like 10 seconds behind me, I know what you're talking Yeah. I, I was very underwhelmed at the amount of information you can store. Like, when he <laughs> yeah, said you can store the same more than... The biggest USB. The <laughs> yeah, like, I was that's... when he said that I was trying to look at the publication date because I was like, it, the, the biggest be... USB. He's yeah. there the biggest thumb drive was uh, the biggest thumb said. drive, which and I I'm assume like... is yeah, that's not that impressive. The the dude is talking absolute shit. That's uh, from someone <laughs> who knows nothing. It, um, it was, so what well, I think that's the thing. That's the thing I kept coming back to throughout the whole video was. Like even even the guy doesn't believe what's coming out of his mouth. He's trying to. It looks like he's trying to, but yeah. 
Let, let, let me let me let me put it in Wikipedia terms because the listeners love it when I just reel off chunks of Wikipedia. Yeah, they love it, it when any of us see that shit. <laughs> 5D optical data storage is nanostructured glass for permanently recording uh, digital data using femtosecond laser writing processes. The memory crystal is capable of storing up to 360 terabytes worth of data for billions of years. So yeah, it is bigger than the biggest USB. (laughs) (laughs) See, that was impressive. That was really impressive. Bigger than the biggest thumb drive. Um... But it says permanently, so you can't rewrite it. So in a way, my old USB is better. Exactly. I can rewrite that. Uh, he also said in that video, there are 13 crystal skulls. Did he get his information from the Indiana Jones film? <laughs> I mean, everywhere that I've looked, when I've, when I've been trying to research this, it says like there is the legend of the 13 crystal skulls. And I'm like, where did this legend come from? And in, and in that video... Did it just come from the say, film? I think it came from the film. They say Native American legend. It's like, why would Native American legend have anything to do with Incans or Mayans or yeah, like South really... American? It's entirely separate cultures. Why would it come from Native Americans? This is, I think this says more about the History Channel than it does about the topic <laughs> because, because I, this, is, this is why I love these videos. Is It's basically some people, they're like, they say this or... You might have heard yeah. this, and then that's that's it. That's the truth. Yeah, that is the gospel. And it's like, well, where? What do you mean? No, I, I might be interested, yeah. but you need to give me like data. Like, where did you get that from? Some people just said it. That's it. They just add these like vague, vague clarifiers. Like some say, and then you can say whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is good though. I I, I live for those videos. <laughs> just so good. <laughs> it's really brightened up your evening, beef. It really has. It's because car then crash when material. I, I forget they exist, and then when I when we do the pod, I'm like, oh, yeah, these. These are great. Do you think that's what the Weird Tales TV show would have been like? Mm. I think it would have been worse, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like... Well, they, they probably would have made us be, like, you seem interested. No, it would have been more like Ghost Adventures. It'd be that sort of thing, wouldn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Well, we'll never find out, will we? No. You could have had Derek Acora on and everything. That'd oh, been beautiful. That would have been great. Oh. No, they wouldn't have let us be too controversial. They would have just wanted to send us to weird places and want us to overreact for a camera, like mug mug off for a camera. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh well. Yeah. So, um, the, the the only other actual skulls that uh, I've been able to find evidence of is there is a Parisian skull, uh, which once again come from that uh, Ju- uh, Eugene Bobin that I mentioned. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, and there is another one in the Smithsonian uh, in America. But I, I've not been able to dig up any information that that pertains to legends or 13 crystal skulls. The only thing that I managed to find whilst I was looking is, of, of course, Dan Aykroyd. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, his crystal yeah. skull oh, wow. vodka. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, not, he's produced crystal skull vodka. Yes. Apparently, it's pretty good. Oh, I've not tried it, actually. I've, heard, I've never had it. I've heard... It's actually a good vodka. I don't like vodka, hmm. so I don't know what a good vodka mm. tastes like. But apparently people like vodka's like, no, Crystal Skull vodka's actually pretty good. It's not just the gimmick, it's in the shape of a Crystal Skull. I might give it a go. In, in this interview that he, he held about the Crystal Skull vodka, he said uh, apparently uh, the, the story behind the Crystal Head vodka is one of positive spiritual energy. Mm. He said 13 of these polished skulls, so the crystal skulls, have been found on our planet. He just states that with no evidence. He says eight are in possession of individuals and institutions. 
This that is like um, conspiracy shit. That is like yep. the new world order shit. Top men, F- five are missing. <laughs> it, it just once again not evidenced. And he says of the eight, five each are missing one... based on what? How does he know? Well, I know th- this is what's bothering <laughs> you me. You could say any amount of it. How would he but, know how many are missing? But then he gets more. How does he know how many there says, are in total? He says of each of the eight. One, each one is unique. Some are green, some are orange, some are cra- cloudy, some are crystal clear. How do you know? Yeah, if you haven't seen them, he he says some interesting things. This that that Dan Aykroyd, he says we've had we've had clips of him on the show before. He's yeah. a fascinating man now. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. He really is. I like Ghostbusters. <laughs> oh yeah, who doesn't? But yeah, he, he went off at the deep end, and yeah, fair play to him. He uh, he sticks by his guns, and uh, it, it takes a lot of balls to to talk about the paranormal and the depth that he does, and with the absolute yes. conviction that he does. Yeah, we talked about one of his shows. Got like he said, it got pulled from the air because it got too close to the truth. Some paranormal show he was going to do, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he's he said some interesting things. So so the pilot sucked, in other words. On so we've got we've got Sky and uh, Sky. If you've got Sky VIP, which we do, I don't know. I don't remember getting All right, it. Big shot, do. brag. Yeah, I know, right? Um, <laughs> but with so with this, every month you get a free movie, um, and it's usually crap, like proper crap. Um, but because it's Halloween uh, this month, it was Casper. Wait, um, oh yeah. So uh, I I downloaded it immediately and watched it, and uh, it was it was much worse than I remember. Um, <laughs> But Dan I mean, Aykroyd, I, I forgot about Dan Aykroyd popping out because they they get the they get the like the ghost hunters in to try and get rid of. I totally forgot he was involved. Fat, in that so film stinky and stretch. Yeah, the mm-hmm. three horrible ghosts. And yeah, Dan Aykroyd goes. It's like it's something like who you gonna call? Not us. And he like walks oh. off and it's really like. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I forgot that. that. I forgot that he was involved in that film in any way. That's very funny. I just I just love it. It just made me laugh so much. So um, I've, I do have links to uh, some interesting stuff. I, I actually have something from the Hewlett-Packard archives from 1971 when they tested this skull. So I'll send that through to you for the uh, for the listeners to yeah, take I'll a little peek because it it's like the original mm. uh, internal release Hewlett-Packard newsletter that's uh, from their archive. It's, it's pretty cool. But um, I'm, I'm afraid I've got some bad news, boys, because... Um, evidence did come to light showing that Mr. F.A. Mitchell Hedges purchased the skull at a Sotheby's auction in London on October the 15th, 1943, from a London art dealer called Sidney Burney. Oh. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Apparently in December 1943, uh, Mr. Hedges disclosed the purchase of the skull uh, in a letter to his brother, stating plainly that he had acquired it from Burney. Oh, that's a yeah. bit disappointing. disappointing. Very, yeah. Shot down very quickly. So there's uh, there's quite a disparity because uh, obviously they said it was discovered in 1924. So you know there's nearly 20 years in that. Um, the way he kept that very quiet um, before uh, before he started talking about it. Um, and he started claiming all sorts of uh, supernatural powers. As I say, his daughter took up the mantle after he died and started talking about it a heck of a lot. And uh, it, I think it just become one of those things that a family that was riding on the legacy of a fantastic explorer. It was the last thing they really had to keep him in the spotlight. And they tried to keep that spotlight burning as brightly as they could for as long as they can. By lying. Hmm. Most of the skulls have been tested since, and there's evidence of tool marks on a lot of them. And oh. it's actually believed that they were manufactured in Germany, of all places. Really? Oh. Yeah. What? what yeah. The Nazis. Like, uh, 
Yeah, the Nazis made them. Nazi skulls. Yeah. Was it Hitler's skull? They did have little skulls in their hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <It> was <laughs> the That's true. <laughs> they, they did. And it wasn't one smashed in Peep Show. That's true. That's very so, true. Yes, and we so referenced Peep Show in the last of Crystal. I was going to say we well. definitely talked about that in the la- in the Crystals episode as well. Do you believe in Crystal Skulls? <laughs> this is so good. But in, we, we've actually got a uh, a more recent reference to Crystal Skulls in popular media. In um, you, you guys, you guys must have watched Rick and Morty, uh, the heist episode. I haven't. Okay, I haven't seen Rick I and have. Morty. Yeah, I've watched Rick and Morty. So you you know the heist episode, Tiss. You yes. son of a bitch. I, I lost everyone for a second there. Oh. I'm back. Sorry, oh, my, back. Net, my internet yeah, cut out. Uh, uh, oh, he's still frozen for oh, me. Oh, he's gone. Oh. oh, there we go. You back? I'm back. He's in and out. He's going he's gonna to get oh. Are you back now. No. No, he's he's gone, but he's, he's still here. His spirit is still with I'm, us. I'm still here. Gone. Yeah, oh, my camera might have gone. My, my connection went loose for a while there. All right, I'm back. I'm, my, my video might come back in a second, but for now, I'm videoless. So all I was just saying, Bob, is um, have you seen the episode of Rick and Morty that's about um, the heist? No, I haven't. I've seen very uh, little okay. Rick and Morty. Okay, so th- there's an episode basically where they're, 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 they're trying to pull off uh, a, a sort of heist situation, and the thing that they're trying to heist is called the Crystal Skull of Horowitz. Right. So you might be able to find uh, a little clip on that because I'm sure a lot of the listeners uh, must, must watch that show. Yes, they do. We get a lot of uh, Rick and Morty references and stuff in comments and, and emails and things because a lot of stuff we talk about comes up in that show. Yeah. Oh, Rick, for real? Yeah, you got that skull, buddy? What? How? wasn't even a heist all you did was write an algorithm based on two heist movies i slept through and use it to automate a joyless process you call art yeah i really did didn't i so i, I suppose that the real the real difference between reality of the crystal skulls and them being absolute bullshit is that uh in the sh- in the film um the skull the indie finds uh is a alien skull yes well hang on a minute ah uh, an interdimensional being Sorry, that's yeah, the big twist at the end. Sorry, so fourth dimensional being. Yes. So Tiss, these aren't mm. actually aliens. That's the big twist. Um, you think they're aliens, and at the end they say um, that they're. At one point they say fourth dimensional beings. One point they say interdimensional beings. And when they leave on their UFO at the end, they say, "Where did they go?" Out of space, and he says, "No, they went to the space between space, space. In between spaces." Yeah, yeah. I, I thought he was going to say no. When did they go? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's no better, is it? I mean, they've got John Hurt in this, spouting some absolute crap. I'm like, this is so beneath him. Playing it's a, a criminal misuse of John Hurt. Yeah, it absolutely is. It really is. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what what we end up looking at is uh, basically an elongated skull um, that's made of crystal. Uh, so, something I did find quite interesting, uh, which kind of ties in, is apparently the the Nazca Indians who uh, this is this is the area that the, the the story occurs in is around Nazca. So you know you know the Nazca lines. Do you guys have you guys yeah, seen yeah. those? Yeah, yeah. Those giant pictures that can be viewed from oh, above. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in the film. They said, they, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's said that they were either used to communicate with aliens or they were messages to God that were done by uh, the ancients. And they're, they're basically pictures of all sorts of interesting things like like people and, and, and insects um, that, that, you know, when, when viewed from like an aeroplane, they 
look like gigantic pictures and people say that they would have been absolutely useless to people at the time because they wouldn't be able to view them at all so it was just to communicate with the gods or some sort of aliens Mm. so the nazcans um did actually practice head binding apparently um from about 200 to 100 bce they would uh use various techniques including placing boards or or using uh, ropes to bind and compress the heads of infants so they would grow longer um and have elongated craniums that would look almost sort of like alien to us and the idea is is it would it would denote a status of either wealth Kill the baby. Or power or murder a baby so in the film Jeez. they see this in the hierog- like the, hi- the, the cave painting the hieroglyphic whatever you want to call it in Peru yes. in the cave and Shia Mutt sorry Mutt says you know why are they looking like that Shia Mutt they don't look like humans and Indy mm. basically is like well they look like gods they're trying to look more like their own god and he's like well god doesn't look like that <laughs> did, he, did he say oh why the long face <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> that would have been good um, no he doesn't say that but he says no he says like they don't look like any they don't look like God and Indy says well it depends who your God is basically implying these people worship the aliens and also in them paintings it sa- it shows these like aliens teaching them like uh, farming and irrigation and all this stuff a bit like what people say about Egyptian aliens but like the South American version hmm. I don't know how true any of that is probably not at all I think it's made up for the film I did find it quite interesting, though, that cranial deformation was was a thing. Like, I, I had no idea before before actually paying attention to that film and, and researching it. I know there's been things like foot binding and stuff, but I never realised cranial defamate, uh, deformation was a real thing. I don't know why I knew about that, but I did. I remember watching the film and being like, "Oh, right, they're bringing that into it." But I don't know why I knew about that. I must have seen it in, in something else. Mm. Hmm. Uh, no one I know. No, I didn't know about that either. That's pretty horrible. It is. It's horrific. Yeah. So, um, in 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 the end, they uh they managed to go on the generic scramble that we talked about earlier for like forty five minutes uh, with sword fights on top of cars and swinging yes. through trees with monkeys and sailing cars down rivers uh, and over three waterfalls. Yeah, three times it drops. And uh, there's also loads mm-hmm. of ants. Yeah, but by the way, Bob, three times it drops, and then once they climb back up one. Did you notice that? Um, I, I was kind of tuned out of that bit. There's always a bit in indie where the chase scene <laughs> goes on a little bit too long and I'm waiting bullshit. for the final act. And I always zone out a little bit. That they crash down three massive waterfalls and they hit the bottom of the third one. They right. wash up on shore doing the typical, like, <coughs> yeah, oh, yeah. so much water in my lungs. And they look up and at the top of the waterfall they've just dropped down is the entrance to the, the cave, which, of course, is a giant skull. Well, you didn't read the full sentence. There's three times it drops and then climb back up one. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Silly me. There's also a really weird bit. When they finally get to El Dorado, um, where apparently, well, apparently El Dorado, where there's the big pyramid thing is that they're going to try and get into, all these crazy, like, tribal people run out. For like, it just feels like such a lot of effort for a scene that lasts like twenty seconds. Like, all they yeah. they chase them all down the steps and they just pull the skull out and walk back up the steps. So, so these things are kind of hinted at earlier on because when they first obtain the skull in this graveyard where Francisco uh, de Orellana is um, 
is is buried and they get attacked by a couple of these like tribal dudes and then you see like the whole tribe that's at the outskirts of el dorado who just start busting out of stone walls it's really weird yeah i'm just like how long were they waiting in there for (laughs) are we supposed to think that they're otherworldly like they were waiting to be summoned and they're actually like immortal or something or i don't Mm. know it just feels like oh shit someone might come today i better hide in the wall yeah it's all a bit ludicrous I felt like the Spielberg didn't get his natives quota in there, like every other film, and he had to do something. Yeah, that that bit is iffy. Yeah, Tis, we talked about the racism, um, possible racism in the Temple of Doom one. There is like a lot of tribal-looking types in this running around, basically shouting "Googa Booga." Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah, and this wasn't made in the eighties like the other ones. This was two thousand eight. <laughs> no, this is very new. Yeah, this is just pure racism. <laughs> it's very—it's a little bit uncomfortable that bit when they're like cr- scrambling around like spiders. They're literally like climbing mm-hmm. up the walls with like bones yeah. in their noses. Oh, it's it's full on. Really, I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Beef, you've watched this film. For... No, wait, it's Bob that's seen it ten times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Only two, mate. Only two. I watched it with my ex-girlfriend's parents and they fucking hated it and I always remember. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. See, then after after they've uh, scrambled past the, the racism scene, they manage to get into uh, the temple itself um, and they get past a big pile of gold. And, and by the way, th- this whole time, I've not mentioned this, um, th- this film has also got... Um, Oh, what's his name? Ray Winston. Ray Winston. Oh, yeah, Ray, oh, Ray Winston. Is he? Yeah. Just like that like proper cockney. Yeah, Ray reason. Winston's in it as well. Trying to <laughs> yeah. scuffle all, right. all the gold. You're lucky I'll turn up, Jonesy. They've think they wanted to blow your brains out. That's the uh, third time I've saved your life. Unshackle me, I'll give you a big hug. You had a luger pointed at the base of your skull first time we met. I had the situation under control. You owe me. What do you owe them? Huh? After the war when you turned, how many names did you give the rest? Now, how many good men died because of you? Here. Eventually, they're going to let me out of this chair, comrade, and when they do, I'm going to break your nose. Comrade, you think this is about flags? About uniforms? You think this is about lines on a map? It's just about money, isn't it? Oh, only money. A gigantic pile of money. Don't worry about what the Russians are paying. It's nothing compared to what's at Ekator. An entire city of gold. It's what the conquistadors were after. For God's sake, Jonesy, we'd be rich. Richer than Howard Hughes. Blood money, every nickel. I need you to see the angle here, mate. Be smart, do the right thing, just like in... Like in Berlin, got me. Just like in Berlin. How do they get all these people? Because they want to work on Indiana Jones. They want to work with Spielberg. Yeah. yeah, and he's such a throwaway character as well. He's the guy who's clearly going to die because he's like the guy who's Doctor Jones's friend at the start, yeah. and then instantly betrays him in the first scene, and then sort of goes back and forth the whole way. Indy punches him a few times to show that he still thinks he's a dick, and then he dies in a pointless scene trying to get a load of gold. He's he's the character you're supposed to like be second-guessing the whole time. Like, oh, is he friends? Is he double-crossing him? Is he this? But he's just in, in it for his own... Or in it for himself in the end of the day, isn't he? Yeah. So they, um, they, they scramble into the temple 
and they return the the, the skull. Uh, within the temple is that you've got thirteen of these uh, alien skeletons that all sat around that are made from the same sort of crystalline material. But the problem is. Ah, I've got a flaw here. I've just of because what you've been telling us about the skulls and everything. So there are thirteen of these in the world, mm. and we go into the chamber, and they're all around inside this room, apart from mm-hmm. one which doesn't have a head, which is the one that they've been carrying, which is the one the conquistador took. Blah blah blah. It's all a bit convoluted. Yes, but hang on a minute. Didn't earlier in the film he say there was one in the British Museum? He did. So that's another one that shouldn't be in that chamber. Yep. And they also <laughs> acknowledge the um, Mitchell Hedges skull as well, so that's right. two that aren't there. <laughs> right. Oh my days. So it, doesn't, yeah. so it doesn't make sense. Blood holes. Continuity errors everywhere. It's, it's, it's a real <laughs> shame because up until the end, it's been very like litigious making sense and <laughs> tight scripting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. So they um they yeah uh, they, uh, they return this skull and we see some sort of weird scene where um somehow like Kate Blanchett's character knows that they're all a hive mind um yes. and they all start suddenly merging into one and yes. then she stood there and she's like I want to know everything I want to know I want to know she just so keeps saying start, that start like blasting her with knowledge yes and it's a bit too much for it's her. too much and knowledge it's more knowledge than you can fit on a thumb drive and it's going into her at once <laughs> this is it and it wasn't rewritable <laughs> I want to know tell me I'm ready I want to know the thing is it, to me it seems really naive when she's like these are so these beings are so intelligent and have so much knowledge they literally had to split themselves into 13 because they couldn't store this information in one body or whatever and then Mm. she's like put all of your knowledge in me please so not only are you not an alien you're just a human you want more knowledge than 13 crystal aliens are storing in their bodies of course your head's going to explode yeah of course. So is that, is that like the this this film's version of like the um the drinking the wrong grail? Yeah, yeah. She wants the everyone's like we need to get out of this place. It turns out the 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 pyramid thing they've gone into is a UFO, and right. she wants all the knowledge that's stored in these creatures. Who who Indy says they are archaeologists. They're the same as him, but like alien archaeologists, and they've just been gathering information and knowledge across the universe and she wants it all and so she asks them because she she returned they return the skull they can have a request of it like a genie and she's like i want all the knowledge and the everyone else is like this is not a good idea and they start fleeing out of there and she's absorbing all the knowledge and she can't take it just overloaded i've just done the maths and judging by what i said earlier um she was actually trying to download 4680 <laughs> terabytes of information into her brain yeah, oh my so, word so yeah it's, it was a bit much of course her. your head's gonna explode in case you don't know so uh, yeah she uh she she turns to like absolute ash yeah she's like pleading for it to stop but the um once again, the good old book goes. Uh, not the Bible. Uh, get the, the, the book of <laughs> the, good, this the, film. the real good book, the Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull <laughs> yeah. novelization. No, not not that, that old gun. Apparently, goes further into it. And uh, to, to quote the fandom page, it says here: "In her final moments, Spalco painfully felt how her skull transformed into quartz, which doesn't happen in the film, as the inter- interdimensional beings granted her requests to know everything." 
Um, the last thing she ever perceived was a terrifying glimpse at the unidentified things that were beyond her comprehension. The continuous stream of knowledge overwhelmed her, fire erupted from her eye sockets, and she disintegrated, leaving just her boots behind. Her essence was transported to another dimension Whoa. for a portal, which revealed itself to be part of an enormous flying saucer. This, you know, the novelization's better than the film based on it's, that. It's, it, that's that's not hard that gives me a more clear idea of what happened because in the film she just starts like her eyes are glowing a bit and all these skeletons all the 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 crystal skull tis is actually the skull of an alien and when you see their bodies their whole skeleton is crystal Mm -hmm. right they all start merging together and then like each time they merge like another layer of muscles built up and at the end it's just an alien standing there but the novelization makes it sound to me like that's what only she is seeing I think so, yeah. Which I like more because in in the film you got just some dodgy CG alien who just like leans into the camera and it, yeah, it's really weird shot. And just staring. Yeah, he yeah. like frowns into the camera. It looks like he's gonna light up a it's fucking bad. spliff or something. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then um and, and and after after she's turned to Ash, we we get the generic sort of scramble out the temple where we see Ray Winston die. He can't help himself. Uh, nope, because oh, I just need it, Indy. Um, no, no, he don't, he, no, whoa, 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 no point does he call him Indy. He calls oh, him sorry, Jonesy. No. Jonesy. Sorry, wrong one. Oh, wrong man. One. Fucking Jones. Um, Jones, you fucking... <laughs> <laughs> D- deleted scene, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then uh, we we see the the collected team outside. Um, LaBeouf and uh, Doctor Jones himself stood there as they watch uh, that the whole ruins of Akator uh, start to crumble. Uh, sorry, or, or El Dorado. Yes, it all starts to crumble and it starts to raise up, and we see this great UFO rise from the ground, all rock churning around it. Once again, massive use of the CG budget. Yes. I do like that it does look like a classic flying saucer, though, because again, again, yeah. this stuff in theory, this stuff works. It's the 1950s. It's what people saw at Area 51 or Roswell or claimed to. So you've got a classic disc. It's mm. a nice touch. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, oh yeah, after it raises up all dramatically, nearly bashes Indy to death with a rock, it just like disappears. And then yes. we see all the rocks come crumbling to earth, and Indy turns to um, John Hurt and goes, "Where did they go? Space?" And then we get the whole not yeah. into space, into the space between spaces. Yeah, because suddenly Ox, who's been off his rocker for the whole film, has got all his faculties back. Yep, absolutely fine. Now the aliens <laughs> are gone. Fine. He's absolutely good. fine. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And, and then we get some bullshit where. Um, Indiana Jones says that apparently El Dorado was supposed to be a lost city of gold, but in ancient Nazca, yes. gold translates to treasure, and treasure was their knowledge. Knowledge was their treasure, that's what he says, yeah. yeah. Mm. That's the one. Knowledge was their treasure all along. So the lost city of El Dorado, the golden city, the thing it was actually hiding was the knowledge of these interdimensional uh, archaeologists. Which melted Kate Blanchett's brain. Yes. Which had like 13 giant thumb drives. Yeah. <laughs> Terabytes. Indiana Jones and the knowledge of the thumb drive. I'm glad I didn't watch it. Painful. I mean... Truly painful. I, I kind of want to watch it again. Yeah, from hearing all these mad things, does it not make you kind of want to watch it like this? Like, not even in the slightest bit. It sounds so bad. I kind of appreciate how fucking bonkers it is. Mm-hmm. 
It is very singular. It's ballsy. I appreciate it from a distance, but giving two hours of my life to it is just a bit much. It's big budget cringe. It is absolutely awful. But I, I would say it oddly is worth a watch. Just, just yeah. once. Don't do it twice. <laughs> I feel like you should watch it. It's I've watched it five or six times in earnest, like sat down to watch it, which let's say out loud is insane. Why? <laughs> Well, I watched Why? it at the cinema. I watched it when we got it on Blu-ray in the house. I watched it with my ex-girlfriend's parents who hated it. Like, towards the end, you know when you're watching something with someone and they clearly hate it? They were just, like, mm-hmm. scoffing the whole way through going, oh, there's aliens now. Like, they're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My kind of people. <laughs> if you know, this is, uh, this is... Oh. Yeah, what? so... Why was this the film that you chose to try and, like... They said to me... Impress... I wasn't impressed with them. I'd known them for a long time at that point. They said to me, have you seen the new Indiana Jones film? I said, yeah, we got it on Blu-ray at our house. And then they said, can you bring it over next time? I'd like to see it. And I was like, yeah, it's it's good fun. (laughs) I'll watch it with you. Oh, mate, you should have have said, no, you don't want to. You don't want to bother with it. I've watched it for this, and I watched it maybe last year. uh, During lockdown, I watched the Indiana Jones, all four of them during lockdown, because I was just watching loads of our films. So that's at least right. five, and I've seen it in the background loads of times when my little brothers are watching it, and I might have even watched it another time when I watched all the indies, don't know, some other time, like maybe when I lived in Stukeley or something. I'm, I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate it. I really don't. I think it's so mad that I kind of enjoy it. It's so insane. And it, in spite of mm. seeing all its flaws, I'm like, this film is so mad, I kind of dig it. <laughs> I give it a six out of ten. That's generous. So after all of that, <laughs> you're going to go six out of ten. I've dedicated ten. twenty years of my life to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I, 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 I wish I had seen it more recently, though, though, because I only remember bits and pieces as you were talking through it. So um, I just haven't had the chance to watch it, and it's sort of you know when you can't find it on any of the stuff you've like it's not on any streaming sites no um and and so i just thought i was like oh, i can't i can't be, i can remember enough um you know i can remember the fridge that's, <laughs> i forgot that's about enough the fridge. for me when when me and rick are saying because we've obviously both watched it this week when we're like saying mm. different parts of it just out of sequence like, oh, i was a bit of a monkey there's a bit of a fridge there's a bit of a sort of fire in the car it does <laughs> yeah. sound like some fucking crazy fever dream it sounds like you made it up. It feels like that watching it. Uh, to annoy Tiss. There's too much. There's too much happening in one film, but also like not enough at the same time. I, I briefly touched on it earlier, but at the end of that car chase, there's a scene where, where they crash the cars in the jungle and they are overrun by ants. Yeah. Like they're being attacked by ants who are forming towers and trying yeah, to grab people who are climbing each other. Like vines. Yeah. They, they kill the generic big Russian strong guy who's there. Yeah. Uh, it's unbelievable. It's good. <laughs> it's not. It's not good, though, it's is not, it? Don't, don't lie. It's not. No, it's not, but it's fascinating. It's fascinating. And I appreciate that, because I'm still talking about it. We're still talking about it. Everyone, People still talk about this film, like how mad it is. We're talking about it because we had to do an episode on it. Yeah, but I've talked about this to people. <laughs> <laughs> there is stuff to talk about with this film. He's got you it's there, that Bob. He's we got you there. be talking about it unless we have really? to. <laughs> he has got me there. We literally wrote an episode about it. Yeah. Or Rick did. It's fascinating. I just feel like there's not... The, the, the crystal skulls themselves, because they're just the thing in real life, as you've pretty much uncovered for me, Rick, is 
they're just kind of either just a mystery that people actually don't know what they are, or just something some German artist made. From what I've from what I've read, it seems there's 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 four that are like gen, like the genuine real McCoy, and then there's this quote unquote Mac legend Daddy. about the thirteen that people have pulled up that sort of surround them. Right. But, I know I've I've not been able to find anyone who can actually evidence powers apart from um, Anna Hedges saying that she killed a man using one. That's mad. Um, I know, which is bonkers. I love that, and I love that they just went, oh okay, yeah. <laughs> the better indie films they just have more to go on though when you think of Raiders and when you think of Last Crusade and you think of the Ark mm. of the Covenant and the Holy Grail there's like so much to those things they've got like you know biblical stories historical yeah. stories they've got a place in geography they've got legends Nazis looked for them people want to search for their power there's the religious power of them but also yeah. potential like actual supernatural power to them there's so much to go into with this it feels like okay crystal skulls they look cool but they had nothing to go on so they just had to make a film up around a thing that just kind of looked cool mm. i think that's it that that is it I and mean, they, they i know it's um quite a controversial one because of all the sort of racism that surrounds it but the whole sort of like like the, the carly stuff and yeah. exploring that and the cults and everything that they at least made an effort to try and flesh out something that yeah. had basis in reality whereas the crystal scots just felt so disprovable as i discovered when i dug into temple of doom they were at least going for something they dug in elements from different mm. stuff and sort of mashed it yeah. together in maybe a not racially mm. completely racially sensitive way but it worked yeah. they pulled things together yeah. to make something unique this they just kind of chucked too many action scenes at the wall and tried to say well this is a cool looking thing because crystal scars yeah. is a cool image so they just well, let's go with that and make it by aliens yeah it's the 50s Interestingly, um, so what, one little final point is um, that there was a lawsuit that was uh, based around this this film, and I'll, I'll send you the, was the links. Was it somebody went to see again, it and they waited their time back? No, no, no. So um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a class action lawsuit. That's a bit different. <laughs> so this is, this was a man called um, Doctor. I think it's Jaime. Um, it's J A I M E. Right. To, uh, pop, I apologise in advance, but yeah, I think it's Doctor Jaime Or. Um, yeah, get it right, or we'll sue you. <laughs> it says a, a yeah. It says a real life Indiana Jones and director of the Institute of Archaeology of Belize um, oh. was suing on behalf of the country of Belize, um, Disney, uh, uh, over the Crystal Skull. It says. Um, that the film used a replica of the Hedges crystal skull and collected illegal profits, apparently. Wow. So, um, did he yeah, win? He, uh, no, no, enough, I, don't, I didn't, I didn't think he was going to win that. But mostly because that the Hedges skull was proved to be bullshit. As I said, right. Um, yeah, so for th- this happened back in 2012, though, so it's uh, it- it's quite recent. This guy tried to raise this a case about this. This is what I mean. This. People still talk about this film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the trouble is now is anything to do with the Crystal Skulls is inextricably linked to Indiana Jones. Yes. And so it will keep it relevant as long as people believe that the Crystal Skulls have any sort of power. Like, a lot of people hate this film. It is, like, a legendarily yeah. hated film. Yeah. Um, I'm probably like its biggest fan, and even I'm like, yeah, six out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I've probably given it like the best rating on Letterbox or whatever, and it's like six out of ten. Um, it's it's a legendarily bad film, and it's it is fascinating. I think that I said it before controversially. I don't think it is as bad as people say. I think there is good in it. Hmm. <laughs> but there is. 
some. Yeah. But you've got to dig deep enough to find it. There was, there was too there was too much budget, too much cocaine. That's the trouble. If they had have refined those two elements down a little bit, then it would have probably been a bit more sensible. I just think I think Lucas was a bit high on like CG because okay. he'd been pioneering it. <laughs> he'd been pioneering yeah. it for so long. And then it, I think like he then got along with his mate Spielberg and was like, "Look, you can do anything with this shit now. We can do anything without realizing like, no, what people liked about the old indie films was all the practical stunts, effects, sets. That was what was cool about them. It was like, wow, yeah. they really pulled off that stunt. Wow, they felt real. Like whether you liked or didn't mm. like the films, you had to admit they had some of the coolest like stunts and effects and stuff going." And to sort of strip that away just by putting CG in it, kind of, it stripped what the feel of indie. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, very true. I, I hope they manage to bring it back in the next one, but I'm not going to hold my breath. I will be absolutely fascinated to what they, the hell they're going to do. Mm. One, with like a 90-year-old fucking Harrison Ford, and two, just like... It's not Spielberg directing it, is it? No, is it not? No. Really? Oh. Yeah. It's um, one one kind of little final bit. Um, I, I, I touched on this very loosely earlier, but um, one, one thing I mentioned was that these skulls were likely manufactured in Germany. Right. So um, there has been scientific analysis on the available skulls, and the results of the studies demonstrated that those skulls that were examined were manufactured in the mid-19th century or later, almost certainly in Europe, during a time when interest in ancient culture was 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 quite high apparently and it says the skulls were crafted uh in workshops in the town of ida oberstein which was renowned for crafting objects made from imported brazilian courts in the 19th century mm. and one other thing i didn't really mention as well is the, the ancient aliens bit that uh, we talked about that we, we looked at earlier and hopefully the listeners have heard by now is um th- there's a guy in there who states that hewlett-packard were unable to find any tool marks like something he explicitly states, but it during the investigation, <laughs> Hewlett Packard said specifically that they didn't look for any methods of manufacture or dating. So technically, oh, yeah. he is correct. They were unable to find any tool marks because they didn't fucking look for them. Thing is, if I don't look for something, you can't then be like he didn't even find this. Precisely. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah, I've I've got a lot of links that I'll send you. It's a it's a real rabbit mm. hole for the listeners. Yeah, any any interesting links, listeners, they're going to be in the show notes. There's stuff to dig into this. I mean, I would be interested to know if there's any listeners who are on my side of this and think Crystal Skull is actually all right. And I'll be very fascinated if it's anyone's favorite indie film. Oh God! And I'll be really fascinated if anyone read that fucking novelization. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm actually kind of curious about the novelization. Uh, but uh, yeah, is that is that mm. is that everything, Rick? Thankfully, uh, I think that's pretty much all I've got. Um, we no longer have to talk about Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Well, but we're still talking about it. Today. We're still talking about it. I'm going to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I watched it last night, I did think I might not watch this again in my life. Like this might be the last, last time. Was, yeah. <laughs> It sounds like you've seen it enough times, though. But yeah, Rick, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, dude. Yeah, thanks, man. That was that was really good fun. Thanks for uh, subbing in and um, helping us get through the series. Ah, thanks. I enjoyed that. That was, that was absolutely great recording with you guys again. I've missed it. Mate, it's been great having you with us and leading us through this. This and fair play to you for for taking this film and taking it under your belt and 
getting someone getting had stuck to in. do it. Yeah, you did a really good job with it. I feel like you Thanks, did man. more than any of us could have done with it. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> or should have done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good, especially the stuff with the Hewlett Packard. Um, investigation that was that was great really good yeah it's really cool actually yeah i'll, um, I'll chuck over the links and on, on and when when bob puts it all up i i honestly recommend you guys give it a little read through because it's really fascinating seeing all these old articles i'm interested in reading that yeah yeah mm. so listeners that's the end of the indiana jones series i hope you enjoyed it after this one we're gonna have a little break and then we're gonna be back with something i don't know if we'll be back in a few weeks and just up to our normal bullshit i guess um, until then, if you want to get in contact, you can do so via the email. It's wtatupod at gmail.com. We can go to weirdtales and then explainable.com and contact through there. On that website, there are also ways to support us monetarily, buy merchandise, find links to us on social media and stuff. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Bob Shoy. That's at B-O-B-S-H-O-Y. Um, that'll do. That'll do for the links. Go on, go on the website. All the stuff you need to know is there. Um, I'm wondering if Rick has a pun. Oh, God, no. No. I gave up on that. I absolutely quit that. We can't even do it on the revisited episodes, dude. I'm not even going to attempt it. No, on we, no, none of us are good at the puns <laughs> anymore. Oh, come on, Rick. Put the effort in. We always get one out. Tis, have you got a crystal or skull-based pun? No. I really thought he was going to fucking nail one then. He came in to lend us the microphone with such confidence. Uh, I don't. All don't, right, don't, well, don't make one up because it'll be terrible. Chris, still next time. <laughs> no, <laughs> thanks no. for listening. No, <laughs> love no, you lots, no. and uh, that's it. Yep, yeah. <laughs> most you. underwhelming end. <laughs> uh, I mean, I thought I was going to yeah. get more reaction. To be honest, out of that, but no, no. Um, right, anyway, listeners, love you. Bye yeah. bye. See you guys. Love See you guys. Bye bye. bye. Bye, bye. By the way, Rick. Yeah. How are you nervous about hosting your first like episode of Weird Tales as an actual like lead host? Ah, it's all good, isn't it? I mean, what's to worry about? I've recorded with you boys before. Once you get past the intro, it's fine. It's the intro. Yeah, you got to do the intro. Over. It's yeah, been it's been so years. Can't be any worse than Tiss's intros. <laughs> what, what was the last we'll one? How did you edit the last one together? Oh, I left it all. I left it all. I didn't even edit it. In oh, case you so didn't know. Now. What was it? In case you didn't know. Well, I don't listen for that same reason. (laughs) I don't know how diabolically shit it is. It was like, hello and welcome to... um, This is Tears, in case you didn't know. (laughs) In case you didn't know. (laughs) That was amazing. Rick, whenever you're ready. (laughs) Right. No (laughs) fuck-ups. I've got this. (laughs) Okay. Bubbly brush. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.